Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? So what I love about this podcast is that I am on this journey with tarot and with other creative intuition things, Um, but I'm still relatively new at being out and proud as a tarot reader and um, even in the accepting um, money as um, a way of paying for tarot and not just doing the barter system that I did before, you know, the exchange of energy and sort of goods for my readings with friends. And so even though it's been several years that I've been doing tarot readings for both myself and for friends and family, um, I'm still relatively new and this in this new like professional tarot reader capacity. And so that's something that's been like really exciting and interesting for me is doing this podcast as somebody that considers themselves a relative newbie. I was actually talking with my son about this. He's six years old and he's really fascinated with tarot. And over the winter break um, when he was out of school, we were doing some tarot readings together and he just has this real intuitive knack for it. And as I was talking with him about it, he was like, mommy, I'm a level one tarot reader and someday I'll be a level two tarot reader. And so I think that that is such a cute way of looking at it is in so many ways, I'm still bring this um, beginner mind to tarot um, and even to the realm of podcasting. I mean, as maybe you can tell, I'm not some professionally funded podcaster with, you know, tons of years of of experience. Um, And so as this like level one professional tarot reader, level one podcaster, um, I've been thinking about how a podcast can even be beneficial. So I freaking love listening to podcasts, especially tarot ones, but just in general. And I feel like there's, there's times where I... I notice a gap between the person that I'm listening to and where I am in my own experience because I don't have a huge following on Instagram and I don't have, you know, a certification program and multiple salaried employees and 20 years of experience. I have a couple years of experience. I come from a family of tarot readers. Um, 
and I'm teaching it to my son and I'm relatively new at accepting (laughs) cash money, you know, capitalistic society instead of just being in the barter system. Um, And so I think that that is actually something really exciting for me and and I hope that it provides a safe place for others, for people to be listening and saying, okay, I'm new on this journey. I'm still maybe in that fool or the magician of the actual, you know, zero to 21 um, major arcana that I'm, I'm on this journey and I'm relatively new at it. And I'm really excited to have fellow travelers along the way, no matter where you are in your particular um, tarot journey. And so one of the things that I wanted to ask you, my listeners, is for feedback, not just, you know, the standard like rate and review and write comments, but for questions or for topics that you would love to have discussed. Um, Because I know my own experience and what I'm going through, and that's what I'm bringing to the table, is things that are on my mind when I'm doing readings or when I buy a new deck or things that I listen to. And I want to bring that and say, here's what's working for me. or Here's something that has been um, a struggle for me. And I want to know what are some of those things that you would want to hear, topics, questions, etc. So today I'm going to talk about two things. Is magic tarot? Yes or no. And then dealing with skepticism, either within yourself or within um, friends and family in the area that, you know, that you might have come across. And so the first question is, is tarot magic? Yes, no, maybe both. Um, when I think about the word magic, I also think about the word predictive. So I'm wondering if some people think, is tarot magical in the way of, um, a, uh, what is the, what are those, um, a figure eight ball? No, um, a magic eight ball. <laughs> there we go. Figure eight. Wrong term. Is it like a magic eight ball? Is it going to say yes, no, or is it something that's going to predict the future? And so I did a little research on like the definition of magic. And let me tell you, it was real hard to find an actual definition. And if you start to research this, I was like, wow, this is a topic that could just, this could be like an entire podcast in and of itself. And there are podcasts like that, right? Where they are looking at the history of magic and controversies and different things. But I found this definition of magic saying, magic is using paranormal methods to manipulate natural forces. So is tarot something that uses paranormal methods to manipulate natural forces? And one of the things that I found interesting about this definition is that it kind of even thinks about tarot being sort of sleight of hand or a parlor trick or, you know, something for entertainment and that magic sometimes has that connotation, right? We all can think of Chris Angel or David Blaine or any of those like magicians, Houdini, somebody who has, it's a trick. It's something to kind of swindle people out of money. It doesn't really work, um, but it's just used to kind of pull the wool over some unsuspecting person's eyes. But this definition of paranormal methods to manipulate natural forces, in this definition that I found, you know, on Wikipedia, I felt like it carried this negative connotation with it. And even that it went into 
this idea of a hierarchy, that somehow that there is natural forces and manipulation and kind of going outside of what is considered natural. So the hierarchy seems to be embedded in this definition that there's either something or someone in charge of, quote, the way things should be. And that, you know, that natural order. And so the idea is that there's the way things should be. And that magic somehow disrupts this. And, you know, it's like it slices the universe like a cloth and inserts something else in a way taking fate into your own hands or, um, you know, somehow disrupting the order of things. And so if that is the definition of magic, then I'm going to say confidently that is not tarot. The tarot is not magical in that way, because I don't believe that there is a natural order of the way things should be and that somehow tarot is flipping that on its head. I am not thinking that if I, in a reading pull the hermit card that somehow an old man is going to show up on my doorstep with a lantern and a long beard. I mean, that would be ridiculous, right? And so just like that, I wouldn't think that if I pulled the death card or the devil card or the tower card, that necessarily something is going to actually happen in those images. Now, I'm going to refer you to a podcast that is so rad. I've just started listening. She just started publishing it. Um, and I use, I say she, her name is Anna Joy, and I think she's non-binary, so she might use they, them um, pronouns, and that's something that I would like to explore further just to make sure that I am gendering Anna Joy um, in the best way possible. But the new podcast is the Queer Witch Podcast. And if I were to use a definition of magic, which Anna Joy talks about in that episode, which is this idea of queer and magic where magic is something that is bringing into existence something that did not exist before, something that we could readily access. And this teaching was influenced by their um, their teacher, their mentor, Orion Foxwood. So Anna Joy uses this example of gender. So if in our culture, quote, these natural forces and this way things are have been designed by society, that the gender is male and female, to have a gender expression, a gender identity that exists outside of that is magic. And so if I'm thinking about how this applies to tarot or my own life, Tarot is definitely magic because when I do a tarot reading and I put the cards out on the table and I see something that I didn't see before, I am calling forth into an experience, even if it's simply the act of an image, an art because every reading is different. I don't know what the statistics would be for 78 cards if I pulled them at random, if I would ever get the exact same reading. To me, that is magic because it goes outside of sort of this like thing that once was to show something that is different. And then it provides the space and opportunity within myself for exploration. So it's calling into existence something that wasn't there before. And that, I think, is magic. 
But let's talk about skeptics, because I'm guessing if you are exploring tarot or any sort of spiritual um, journey, you are going to come across people that maybe are a little bit skeptical. And I want to talk with you about like three different types of skeptics that I have come across just in my close circle, because I think that there's something to um, talk about people that are maybe, you know, you're doing a tarot reading at like a country fair and there's the people that you meet in, um, in that regard that, um, I am not going to explore in this episode. So we have skeptic number one and that is the rational science logic guy, um, or gal or non-binary person. Um, and I'm, I actually happen to be married to this type of skeptic. And it's not just with tarot. It's like with anything spiritual, esoteric, um, that doesn't have really any tangible, pinnable, downable um, information. I tend to be really excited about these different types of theories that make me think, but are a little bit squishier, that they don't have hard scientific, factual evidence, rationale behind them. And so... I'm just going to talk with you about some of my experience. Um, my my journey tends to be um, I'm a little bit like an owl. When I come across a new topic or a new um, vein of interest, I tend to swallow that whole. Like I'm an owl and I am eating the mouse entirely whole, right? And we know that owls eat something whole and then they digest and then the things that they don't really use at all kind of pass through and you get the pellets with the bones and the fur and stuff. So that's how I approach things. So years ago when I started getting interested in tarot, I was like, oh my god, tarot, this is amazing. And I was a little bit um, of an evangelist, kind of a little annoying, I'm sure, um, to the people in my life. They're like, whoa, I thought you were Christian. (laughs) Like, now what's going on? Or I thought you believed in this, and then all of a sudden you're doing this. And I was just so excited. I had swallowed it and I was just ready and willing to talk with people in my life. And my husband kind of throws a wet blanket on that a little bit. His approach to things is much more logical and rational. So unlike the owl, he's like the animal that kills something and then picks through what they want um, and only eats the good parts and then leaves the rest for scavengers. I'm not quite sure what animal that would be. Maybe human, (laughs) right? Um, but there are animals that, that don't just devour everything whole and then spit out the bones. They like, you know, kill the gazelle and the, they just eat the meat and they leave the bones and the rest for um, other animals. And so I was really excited about tarot. And I was like, I want to give you a reading, right? And now I look back and I'm like, okay, Jenna, you could have slowed your roll a little bit, but you were excited. And so I gave him a reading and it was like he was humoring me. I mean, this happens in relationships, right? I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a sporting event or a concert or something where I'm like, okay, maybe it's just not my cup of tea, but it's important for me to support him or do things with him, even if I don't really understand. And we actually had this conversation um, a couple weeks ago. He was like, 
yeah, he, this, I can see that this is hard for you, that my way of being in the world is hard for you because you believe in this creation, this magic that kind of exists outside of some of these, um, forces. And his approach to tarot is, is very straightforward. It's like any type of, um, counseling tool or any tool in general where he's like, people come to it and they see what they want to see. And, um, it's not that the cards mean anything in and of themselves. It's what's the person that's bringing to it and that they can just make the change inside themselves. And I'm like, yeah, right. But isn't that magical? And he's like, no, it's just rational. It's how people work. And I'm like, no, no, no. But I mean, yes, it is. And it's also magical. And these are the kinds of conversations that we actually have when we're talking about things that are scientific. So, you know, I can talk about how, and I even use this example with my students. I'm like, let's talk about chemistry. And in chemistry, it's like you talk about electrons and neutrons and unicorns, and they laugh, right? And I say, okay, there's these things that are unseen, these tiny little particles, and we can know so much in science. And then at the end of our scientific knowledge is what I consider magic. Our universe, and we know gravity and stars, and we're charting them, and we're looking at all of these different things, and we're figuring out how, you know, climate change or not, and the temperatures and plate tectonics and all of that stuff. And I'm totally pro-science. And I love it. The fact that he's bringing these logical questions and rationale. And then at the end of the day, I say, and yet then past that, beyond the boundaries of what we know and what we can understand with our brain it's magic. And maybe somebody else would say that's God or that's the universe or there's nothing. But I'm like at the beyond what we can know, that unknowing or that felt sense or that thing, that to me is magic. And so we have these conversations and I really enjoy engaging with that mystery. But my husband isn't somebody that I'm going to be asking to do readings with. Um, if he were to come to me and say, what are you doing? Or, you know, if he wants to talk with me about the business or, um, blogs or my podcast or any of that, that would be great. Um, or if he were to come to me and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this thing and I would really love a tarot reading. Cool. And I feel at this point where not just him, but anyone that kind of has that um, realm of thinking in their life, that this might just not be the tool right now for them. It might not be the tool in general for them, that maybe they're seeking their answers um, in a different way. And that's amazing. So that's the first type of skeptic is that like super rational scientific person that kind of just has that as a defense mechanism up where this might just not be a great fit as a tool that could work. But then here's the next type of skeptic. And this is the person um, recently I actually had this situation where um, I was hanging out with some friends and I was talking about tarot and one of my one of my friends said um, that like she maybe was a little uninformed about tarot and said some things like um, what can it do and and I was like well it would you like reading and the response was no thanks I don't want to see what it would show me 
And so I think that this is a really great type of skeptic is like somebody who's maybe entertained the idea that tarot is a tool for reflection, that it could possibly show something and is like, nope, no thanks. And so, you know, I was, I was really nice and I just said, well, it's not predictive. And I just gave a tiny little 10 second, 15 second, like, this is what it could be good for. And this is why I like it. And again, going back to what I said at the very beginning, no bearded old man or horned goat person, or, you know, um, I use a deck that has like foxes with swords and like, no, you know, foxes are going to show up on your doorstep with wielding a wand of fire, right? Like that's not what's going to happen. Um, but I, I sensed that there wasn't interest there or there was some fear and some skepticism there. And so, you know, I am now in this place where I'm not proselytizing. I'm excited about what I do and I really love it. And it's been so beneficial in my life. And I'm trusting that the people who are interested in this are going to come to the table, to the discussion, and they're going to continue to ask questions and explore. And I loved that she was so honest in her response of just saying, no, I don't want to see what it could show me. And I can even think about, there's been times in my life where I really love writing. I journal. I've kept a journal since I was, you know, a kid and I write essays and stories and, you know, I'm currently writing a memoir and there are times and there are um, situations where I don't want to see. I don't want to see what's going on in my life. I don't want to analyze it. I don't want to even see my own handwriting on the paper because then if I see it, then I will be compelled to act or it will make it again, going back to that magic, it will make it more real in a way that didn't exist in reality for me before. If I have a fear and it's just kind of swirling in my mind and I can kind of, you know, say to myself, like, don't think about that. Think about something else. And it's just something that I'm not calling into existence. That's great. And then when I put it on the paper, it exists in a new way, something that hadn't existed before. And so that's what tarot really is, is like that mirror. Um, and I'm sure that that is a metaphor that people have used before or heard before. And it's not just tarot. It could be really any tool. Um, I'm really interested in, you know, some of these esoteric tools and things, but it's like with my students, I have them take like the Myers-Briggs exam just to get more information about themselves. And we do um, procrastination styles and we look at, you know, their Holland codes for careers and it's anything that's just going to mirror back to them something about themselves that could potentially be true or not. Um, so let's think about an actual mirror. If I were, if I got up this morning and got dressed and went to work and it was like, no big deal, just going to work and I'm dressed and I get out the door and I'm feeling great and I'm feeling fine about myself. And then at 10 o'clock I go into the bathroom and I look in the mirror and my lipstick is smeared or my eyebrows are no longer eyebrows and the hair is migrating into the middle and creating a unibrow. Suddenly, I am faced with new knowledge. Now, my lipstick had actually been smeared, or my fly was down, or there was spinach in my teeth, or my eyebrows were messy, or whatever. This actually happened to me today. I ate a chocolate croissant on my way to work, and I looked down and I was like, oop, 
oops, there's chocolate on my chest. Okay, got to take care of that. Because once you see it, once you see in the mirror that your lipstick is smeared, you then have a choice. I then have a choice. I can say, well, I walked around for three hours already today with smeared lipstick. I guess I'm just going to continue to live that way. Or, like most people, they would get a paper towel or a tissue and they would wipe the lipstick off or reapply it and do something with that new knowledge, right? And so I, I see tarot that way. It reflects to me some things that are going on in my life. And then from that, I get to choose to do or not do. And it's even something that I might tend to focus on. So when I said earlier that I don't believe that tarot is predictive, I do think that it can create a confirmation bias or a perspective where we are looking for things. Or if something happens and then I and then I call back in my memory to a tarot reading that I had earlier. So I do a monthly one with one of my really good friends and we did a year-long spread in December um, for 2018. And one of the things that came up was that February was going to have, was going to be a moon month. And that is a little bit shadowier and a little bit less fire. And my January was a sun month. And so I was going through, I was clipping through um, January and I was being super creative and doing all this great stuff. And then the second day into February, my son gets sick and then work gets busy. And some things happened where I didn't get to have some of the creative energy that I had wanted to just continue sustaining from January. And I look back into that initial reading and I think, wow, that was really showing a mirror for how February was going to feel to me. Now, did did pulling the moon card cause my son to get sick in February? Absolutely not, right? February tends to be a month where kids get sick and things happen and the sustained energy couldn't have continued. I was exhausted and it was so great for me to just take a back seat and just do some more reading and reflecting. And so it was something simply for me to look at my perspective. Um, it didn't create it to happen, you know? Um, and if I had had a really, you know, a month where I had been super passionate on fire and just gone through all that stuff, I probably would have looked back and been like, huh, the tarot was wrong. Or maybe it was a way for me to enter into some energy that I still had the choice because we have free will. And so I don't run around my life with a mirror holding up to other people's faces and saying, look, you have this, right? Look, this is what's going on. Take a look, take a look, right? And now if somebody had spinach in their teeth, I might be like, hey, just so you know, you have spinach in your teeth, but I'm not actively proselytizing. And so I think that that's the same thing with tarot is, you know, I'm not going to thrust this tarot reading on my friend who's like, I'm not interested. Cool. Maybe when you are, if you are ever in the future, if you want to ask more questions, awesome. And so that is where we meet the skeptic number three. And this happened to me recently where I had a friend who's going through some stuff in their life and um, asked me, hey, is this something that tarot could help with? And I was like, yeah, here's somebody who's skeptical, either because they don't know or they've been raised in a certain way, and they're just kind of in that exploration phase. And so I was able to say, well, here's some things that tarot might be helpful for. 
Here's some spreads that might be helpful. Um, you know, there's just some getting some general readings, just some general idea of like where you are. There are spreads of kind of weighing pros and cons and getting to see visually what's going on. Um, and it can just kind of give you a little snapshot of maybe what you're what you're feeling or you're experiencing right now and some ideas of like how to move forward. And so that was the type of skeptic of like, okay, here, I have some questions. I don't really understand how this works. I'm going to ask those questions. And then that friend actually was like, okay, I'm going to do a reading. Like, let me do a reading with you and see how it goes. And I was like, let's just kind of experiment and see, you know, I'll do this reading for you. I'll write up your results and then we can talk about whatever questions you still might have. And I don't know, this could be something where in the future they're like, yeah, that was really amazing and I want to do it again. And this is going to be something that's going to really work for me. And it could have also just been like a, oh, that was cool. Yeah, I kind of knew some of that stuff and that was great. And it, it removed some of the mystery. So that is how um, I deal with some of the skeptics in my life. Um is kind of just now thinking about the energy and being pretty confident and secure in my own experience, knowing that it works for me and knowing that it can work for others, but not needing to push it um, and being able to answer questions, engage in some um, dialogue or some giving some actual like information about it, what it was or the history of it without feeling like if they reject it or they choose to not engage in that that says anything about me or anything about tarot as that could possibly be helpful for other people. So I would love to hear from you if you have any um, additional skeptical friends or family like categories, um, but then also this idea of magic and do you feel like tarot is magical um, and what that definition might be or look like for you. So I will talk with you guys next time, and thanks so much for listening. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leah Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived, so feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.